right. Ooh, very good. I love that the bear came back. I know. I was yeah. not expecting that. That so bear funny. should be hibernating. What's wrong with that bear? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I couldn't not put in when I researched it and I learned the rhyme, if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back is my new favorite <laughs> quote ever. But does that count for like dirt in your house <laughs> i guess so. there's just so many layers so you couldn't it's believe just it brown when... yeah you can lie down yeah but if it turns yeah if it's black if it's, it's moldy, probably black mold yeah you gotta fight back oh my goodness i couldn't believe it oh, so yes. good. welcome back to the modern lady podcast you're listening to episode 97 Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and today we are talking about how to clean your house when you literally can't even. Like clockwork, midwinter strikes again. In 1954, the female cast members of the musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers lamented the seemingly never-ending snowfall in winter by singing... Unfortunately, we do have a ways to go until we hit our one day it's spring. But when the winter slump strikes, how is one to carry on with the daily grind? We'll enter the Modern Ladies Can't Even Cleanup Guide. But first, do you love this podcast? Do you want more from the Modern Lady? Become a Patreon supporter and for just $5 a month, you will have exclusive access to our sister podcast, The Friday Finishing School. Find the link in our show notes. Another way that you can support the show is by subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We are also so thankful for every rating, review, and comment you leave us. Your reviews on iTunes help new listeners discover us. This week's shout out goes to KR3389, who reviewed us on iTunes and said, quote, I'm so glad I found this podcast. I'll be honest, when I first started listening, I immediately fell into the bottomless comparison pit. I often pull the plug on anything that does that to my mental health, but I gave it a few extra shots because I like these women and the idea of shaping my daughters into modern ladies. Our world needs this message desperately for our girls. I have found that as I listen, I am much more motivated to spend a little more time perfecting the little mundane things, and it gives me a good feeling. Thank you, ladies. End quote. Thank you so much, dear listener, for your comment and your five-star rating. We appreciate your candor and your honesty. We're so glad that you decided to stick with us and that we have been able to encourage you through the show. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. 
But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. There's been a lot of attention given lately to the humble period, yes, the dot at the end of a sentence. It has been suggested that using a period at the end of a text message is, well, aggressive. What does our punctuation say about us? According to the internet linguist Gretchen McCulloch, best-selling author of Because Internet, we don't always speak in full sentences, we speak in utterances. She goes on to explain that in paper-based communications, we separate our utterances using periods and commas. But texting isn't quite the same thing. It's casual writing, and the breaking up of utterances doesn't seem to require the finality of a period. So many people send multiple messages for each utterance, meaning separate texts for each thought. Or some people use ellipses and others use dashes, or use all of them like I do. If we want to end a text with a period, there is some emotional meaning attached to that period, whether that was our intention or not. The period just doesn't carry the same emotional weight in an email or a letter that it does in a text. In a text, it sounds serious, formal, and well, sometimes it sounds passive aggressive or even openly aggressive. McCulloch uses the example of a text that says, I feel awful, period, versus I feel awful without any period at the end. Or think about the words, I just don't know. Think about it with a period and without a period. The emphasis has changed. The tone softened without the period. This conversation is the tip of the iceberg because the period is just one form of punctuation. What about people, again, like me who use way too many exclamation marks? What about emojis? I think I'm going to need to keep looking into this. In case you are now as stressed as about this as I am, know that there isn't a hard and fast rule about this yet. That periods are still necessary in some texts, especially if you are sending a text with multiple sentences into separate texts. It isn't always hostile. It really does depend on the context. I feel so seen by this tip of the week. (laughs) (laughs) There have been so many times when I think, I can't end every sentence of this text with an exclamation mark. That <laughs> that gives a completely different connotation. Yes. Yes. I, yeah, but ending on a period, I really do fear that the person won't understand that I'm not that serious. Yes. And, and then you're just kind of left hanging. I will say that I have often preferred not to leave anything. Like, yeah. I know it's very programmer and that um, that pains me in another way. But yeah, I totally see what is meant by this whole conflict with the period. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the period is disappearing. So I think this is, um, we're watching the grammar evolution happen in real time. So young people are not using it, period. Like they don't even think about putting a period at the end of of a text. And Mm -hmm. I know many Mm -hmm. times I put the period and then I delete the period. And I don't know if you do that, right? You put it in there like, no, wait, that does sound so final. And it's not final like that. So it is a new way that we're just starting to navigate because we were formed so differently. But from what I'm understanding, young people don't even second guess it. It's just not part of the way that they would send a text. And then it comes off to older people um, like they aren't writing properly. And so it's becoming quite this Mm. battle, the battle of the period in texting that I wasn't fully aware of, but that I guess I was already feeling like we were saying in our own texts without understanding the backstory of it. So it's fascinating to kind of have this seat to watching language um, evolve right now. Before we begin today's discussion, we want to state that the only purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. 
it is no substitute for professional care by a doctor or medical and mental health professionals. This episode of the Modern Lady podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional services or advice. Instead, we encourage you to discuss your options with your healthcare provider. UrbanDictionary.com describes the sentiment of, I can't even, this way, quote, the complete sudden onset of the cessation of brain activity brought under the presence of acute stress, which fully affects the person only a short time after it strikes them. Said person, under the duress of the symptoms, demonstrate their affliction by alerting to others that they can't even, in reference to their inability to deal with the symptoms or their inability to perform simple actions, which have been made impossible by their afflictions, end quote. Sometimes when we look around our homes, especially through the lens of midwinter, we can feel this on a very visceral level, can't we, Lindsay? Yes, but first of all, that is the most in-depth and intelligent description I've ever heard on UrbanDictionary.com. All I think of, have yes. you ever seen that meme where it, I think it's like 911, what's your emergency? And she's like, I can't even. And then I think they were like, did you try posting it on Facebook with some vague, some vague booking? And she's like, no, I'll try it. Thanks. Oh, that's very good. Yes. Oh, that's what I expected. Impressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I wrote a, po- a post on Facebook, back to Facebook. Actually, I was that girl, I guess, in that <laughs> meme. <laughs> Suddenly I'm calling myself out. Um, so I wrote a post on Facebook uh, about my February blues. <laughs> now mm. I'm suddenly so ashamed. Anyways, um, I wrote it because um, I had checked my Facebook memories. And on that same day, a couple years earlier, I had also posted about <laughs> my February blues. And I was like, okay, wow, this happens every year. Like I had actually forgotten that. Mm. And then in that post, one of our podcast listeners and friends, um, Elizabeth Felderhoff, commented and mm-hmm. used the words February funk hole. And as yes. soon as I read those words, I burst out laughing and it instantly impacted my mood. So, you know, we're recording this right now. It's late February. It's going to actually air in March. And I can't believe that, Michelle, that it's going to be mm-hmm. March so soon. And hallelujah. Um, <laughs> but we are Canadians and March just like, I guess, the Brides and Seven Brides or Seven Brothers March doesn't always bring with it sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. It means nothing. Right. It means nothing. Like, we have a hope, though. Every year we have this hope, yes. right? And every year <laughs> the, the ice storms start. Um. So, yeah, it's not like we're going to be miraculously lifted out of this funk hole anytime soon. Right. As someone who is very impacted by sunshine, Mm. you know, I'm feeling this mood so much right now. Mm -hmm. And I think up until this point, it's been a pretty sunny winter. And that has, for me, kept a lot of these feelings at bay. But it it does feel like the second it's a grayish kind of a day, all of my energy (laughs) completely evaporates. Mm -hmm. But um, it is a real thing. And I've even just noting it and when it happens and that it does happen has been insightful and can even be a little bit encouraging on those tough days. Yes, you're right. I think that 
you know, you're certainly not alone in how the sun impacts your mood and these dark, cold days. And I actually wasn't alone in posting it online because a lot of people posted <laughs> about their February blues. And that start uh, started again, this discussion, um, especially in homeschool circles. It was this mm. great reminder that we actually have this conversation every February. And a lot right. of other people reminded me that it seems to happen to a lot of people either in November or in February. I'm a February person. And so, yeah, this is not the first time, but yet I seem to block it out every year. And then Mm -hmm. it hits me, right? That it's hard. So yeah, we are not alone in this. A lot of people um, talked about hitting a wall, you know, in the last Mm -hmm. two weeks. And so I am somebody that's normally bouncing off the walls and full of energy. And I just can't get it together. So we actually Mm -hmm. had something else planned for this episode. And then just, you know, on a regular friend phone call, after we talked about Mm -hmm. a bunch of other things, we were kind of ending it talking about this. And then we were both like, um, I think this is an episode. I think we should just address this because if we're feeling this, I, and we know other women are feeling this and even just doing the research, I came out of doing the research feeling a lot better. So I'm really hoping, you know, that our listeners will also get a little bit of a ray of sunshine (laughs) on a Mm -hmm. cloudy day by listening to this episode. It's a very unifying topic, I think. And especially this year when we feel more isolated, I think it compounds. So maybe if we can all just collectively acknowledge that this is happening, it can't. Obviously, we can't speed up winter. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have to find a way through this. And there's strength in numbers. So let's do it all together. (laughs) So the first thing we have to do is kind of look at what zero motivation or low motivation actually looks like, because that's what I've been feeling. And Mm. I think that's what a lot of you have been feeling. And it's been about two weeks, maybe three weeks that I've had very low motivation. And and as I said earlier, I'm usually zinging with energy and I can Mm. bounce from room to room. I can usually stay on top of things. But yeah, I've really felt like I've had zero motivation to do my duties, to do, you know, my Mm. most basic tasks over these last couple of weeks. Now, In order to soothe my own conscience, I did remind myself daily of the things I did get done. And I thought, you know what? I'm still doing laundry every day. I'm getting showered. I'm putting on a little makeup. I'm feeding everyone. I'm still maintaining a pretty good mood. Um, And these are all good things, right? Like I was able to go over that. But the truth is, I wasn't doing enough work to stay on top of my homemaking. So it was starting to make my home messier and messier. And then that just started compounding the problem, right? I started even getting Mm -hmm. less and less motivated to start. Yeah, this, what I think what we're going to be looking into today could really be incorporated into the discussion of the to don't list. Mm -hmm. Remember we talked about that a few episodes ago, the things that we need to start prioritizing in a hierarchy of needs within our own personal lives and families and homes and then for a time letting the other things go and Mm -hmm. what does that look like while still maintaining this space for everyone else because like you know if you think about other careers or jobs you can't just wait it out you have to find a way to navigate through those things too right so just because we're at home and that's where we seem to be most comfortable most of the time, um, the, t- the temptation and the tendency can be just to give up. But yeah. that's not what we're saying. We're saying that there is a happy balance <laughs> between doing it all and giving up. And right. where is that balance and how can we strike that? Yeah, that's right. And so like with anything, we have to understand it. So I started Googling 
low motivation and what that is. And I found a great article on harleytherapy.co.uk and it explored low motivation when it's normal, when it's okay, when it can be a good thing, and also when it's time to be concerned. And I had never really thought about it in all of those different ways. And so when you're feeling low motivation, it's usually like you're uninterested in the things that you normally do without issue, right? That you don't usually have to pump mm. yourself up to do like tidying or go, even going to social events. And then there can be no motivation. And that's a bit different than low motivation. And that's where we don't want to do anything at all. And that can turn problematic. We can kind of self-sabotage with that. Um, there are times in our lives where little to no motivation can be expected. Like if you're grieving mm -hmm. or if you're in the middle of a huge life change, um, or a move or a breakup, it's also very common during adolescence. And I had never really hmm. thought about that before. In fact, I read yes. a study that said 40% of teenagers just can't, they, they don't have the brain power to motivate themselves to get their schoolwork done. And that really has me thinking about, you know, online schooling, all the kids who are having to do that right now. And the teenagers, it's, it's kind of, mm. um, I, I can just see that maybe our low motivation is collective. Um, and it's a lot of it is kind of beyond us and our, our doing right now. But mm -hmm. I found that that was really, really, really interesting. Now, Low motivation can also be a symptom of physical health concerns or health um, issues. That happens to me when I have PMDD, which is that more severe form of PMS. I can go from bouncing off walls to having zero motivation. So it, it's kind of cyclical. It's hormonal uh, for mm -hmm. some people as well. Now, if you are feeling this way, it's sometimes a good prompting. This is where it can be a good thing to step back and reevaluate your life though and go, okay, what is the cause? And if it's something I can change, should I change it? Is it, is it my job? Is it that I've signed up for things that I actually didn't really want to do? So I don't have the motivation to go and do them now. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> oh my goodness. You're, you're reading my mind here. <laughs> and so sometimes we can use that as a push to make some changes in our lives. That is really Interesting, especially the point about the teenagers. I don't mm -hmm. think I have ever thought of that before. But sometimes I'm starting to realize more and more that, you know, we do tend to think that the way things are, are the way things always have to be, mm -hmm. or um, this is natural and this is normal. But I was thinking about a comedy sketch done by Ellen DeGeneres. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think it's from the early the early 2000s or the late 90s I can't remember but the whole the whole show is called here and now and she's talking about all you can eat buffets and she was just saying she's like all you can eat it's like we don't need to be eating all we can eat we're not bears we don't hibernate <laughs> we'll be back the next day eating the same amount of stuff mm -hmm. but what I took from that is the whole thing about the bears and that we don't hibernate I'm like well the fact that we go through this slump every single February, could this kind of suggest that we are kind of made to slow down for a little mm -hmm. bit every year, that our bodies kind of aren't capable of maintaining our fast-paced lifestyles constantly every second through every week through every month of every year? Maybe it was kind of designed that in the winter you kind of hunker down for a little bit. So I thought that was an interesting uh, point to consider too, that perhaps it could be natural. I don't know. You are going to be shocked when I end this episode with talking about bears. I'll just tell you to right now to remember <laughs> for our listeners, okay. hold bears in your mind. 
when we wrap things up at the end. Okay. Okay. I love that, Michelle. And that really does speak to this idea that we should evaluate when we're feeling this, right? That Mm -hmm. you don't need to ignore it, like that there is maybe a reason and that maybe it is like you're saying something within our nature, right? Within our very biology telling us to slow down at this point that there's so little that we can actually do, right? There is so you Mm -hmm. can't go outside and work on things. There's there's things you just can't do right now and that that's okay and to slow down. Now, Mm -hmm. sometimes it is more serious and I'm going to go back to that article from harleytherapy.co.uk and they provide this this short list of just things that you should maybe think about if it is a little more serious. So the first thing to, to consider would be if this feeling of zero motivation has been going on for six weeks or more, if it's worsening, mm. if you're losing interest in talking with friends and family, if it's accompanied by negative or self-harm thoughts, and if you aren't sure anymore of what the trigger was that started it. And mm. I think that that's so important. Um, if wow. you just have been in it for so long that you can't really think back and be like, okay, is there a reason for this? Or what did start that? Now, that one really did jump out at me because I couldn't figure out what was going on with me the last two weeks until that Facebook memory popped up. And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> So like I said earlier, it all came flooding back to me, right? So just Mm -hmm. pausing and trying to figure out, yeah, what maybe caused this. But if you can't pinpoint it anymore and you can't dig out of it, um, we just want to say that perhaps it is time to seek out a little professional help. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, even just to talk to somebody, Mm -hmm. right? They might be able to offer that perspective back to you from an outsider's perspective, Mm -hmm. right? If you're right in the middle of it, it, it is, your thoughts are kind of foggy, right? So to even speak to a good friend or a family member or your spouse can probably really, they'll be able to tell you like, oh, well, you know what? You've been under a lot of stress at work lately. Or, you know, we are homeschooling and we were just commenting that this seems to be a typical homeschooling thing every February. And even that, like you said, can kind of affirm in your mind that this has a point of origin. And so you'll be better able equipped to handle it then. Yes. And then I also read that if it is depression, that there are Mm. other symptoms that actually accompany it as well. It's not just low motivation. There would be um, like sadness and tearfulness and irritability and weight fluctuations. There would be more symptoms. So, um, Mm. But these were things I had to really ask myself when I was feeling that. I'm like, okay, what is going on? So I think it is a really important um, discussion to have. This always cycles back to being self-aware, right? I think Mm -hmm. that we have such a tendency to bury our heads in the sand and just go, okay, well, that's what I'm feeling right now. Um, But it is as responsible adults, especially as if we have children as wives and mothers, it is important to ask ourselves these questions and go, okay, why am I feeling this? Um, Yet, where did it start? And is it still within the realm of okay, and pretty normal, and a lot of people are feeling this, or maybe I need to speak with someone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's an important exercise for us to do. Because, uh, you know, as we've discussed in previous episodes, and even last week's episode, too, about um, lightening up a little bit around the Mm house, the way we are feeling really does impact the rest of our house and um, even being able to perform our duties at home and keep on top of a few things, housekeeping uh, items, even in the midst of all this is really still an important part of our roles and our presence, even in our homes, right? Yeah, yeah. I have been a longtime believer 
in the, I guess, theory that having a mostly clean and tidy house can absolutely have a positive impact on our mental health, on my mental health. And Mm -hmm. it's also true in my house that when our house is untidy, Jason and I are way more on edge with each other. We are more irritable. We're more snippy. And when our house is clean, our marriage is noticeably better. And this is also, my kids notice it. And I, we often think our kids don't, but one of the time, Mm -hmm. uh, a while ago, one of my kids came into my room in the morning and said, mom, if your bed is made and your room is clean, I feel more motivated to clean up my room. And I was like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That was, (laughs) they were being truthful. Right. And it was just a reminder again of, of how, we set that tone. Now, again, we're not saying here that cleaning the house will take the place of a professional if you're suffering from mental health, but there is also at the same time, no denying that it does have a place and role in creating better mental health for most people. Mm -hmm. Research has proven time and time again that housekeeping does have a positive benefit on mental health. There have been studies that have demonstrated, you know, cortisol levels, that's our stress hormone, that it's increased in people who would describe their homes as being messy. And then there are more studies that prove that there was a reduction in that stress hormone as one is cleaning. There was another study of nearly 1,000 participants, and it showed that people who keep their houses clean are actually physically healthier than those who don't. In fact, the study, this was fascinating, the study proved that how clean your house is had a bigger impact on your physical health than like the walkability of your neighborhood. Like I know there are people who think, you know, I want to live here because I can get out and there's a lot of trails and it's healthy for my family, but they actually proved that you're cleaning your house has a bigger impact Mm. on your health than the walkability of your neighborhood. I love that Mm because I was also reading that the cleaning in that context, releases endorphins, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And uh, I know when I'm having a really intense, say, Friday clean day, yeah, yeah. Um, I can easily hit like between 8,000 and 10,000 steps oh, yeah, by just totally. staying in my house, right? Yeah. Um, but even on the days where, you know, I just can't even, when I'm more doing like the putter, just kind of puttering around the house, mm-hmm. doing the bare minimum, um, I can still rack up a decent amount of steps. And the important thing is that you're still moving your body. Mm-hmm. And it's a neat and an, an important physical tie-in that we should remember that cleaning can be a means to keep active. Even if the actual cleaning isn't doing very much in the grand scheme of things, it's that movement that's going to help you too. Oh, 100%. And okay, so then if we go back to a bit of the the mental aspect. So the physical 100%, it, it will, when you get your body moving, it definitely helps with those endorphins to your brain. And as we know, then it can reduce the cortisol levels, but we just know, like we have to admit that clutter, unfinished projects, um, dirt looking for lost in item, like lost items and then finding out that they've been damaged. These things really do strip us of our ability to feel rested and restored mm. when we're in mm-hmm. our homes. Right. So it has a negative impact. And I found a too that this is true for children so even though we look at our kids and they seem to have no desire to help you clean and no like real motivation (laughs) to start it on their own and keep their spaces clean we know also through research that the that clean spaces do help our children study and concentrate better when they're doing their homeworks and clean spaces and so they are longing for that as well and but just like us children don't know where to start and they are often completely overwhelmed when they walk into a room just like we are we have to remember that because there's just too much stuff and they just have trouble organizing it and sorting through it and they just don't know where to start so we know 
Research tells us over and over again that our stress levels are increased when there's mess and clutter. We know that that can cause, you know, fighting in families. We know that it can cause our children to not learn as well. Um, And we know that it has a wonderful impact on us when we get up and get moving physically and on our hormones and on our brains and stuff. Um, It's just this, we just can understand here that there is, there has been actually a lot more research done in this field of study than I would have ever dreamed that there was. Yeah. And that's interesting. I, I came across a, an article from the cleaning collective.co.uk. So it's a British site. Mm-hmm. Um, but they mentioned a Princeton study that says that while our brains are complex and capable of amazing things, they are actually very easily overwhelmed. <laughs> And so the visual clutter, it can be increasing our feelings of unsettledness and discontent. Um, I have found that quick fixes in terms of this uh, really do help get the ball going. Like sometimes we can be overthinking things. Mm -hmm. I will admit to walking up to a surface. Often it's my kitchen table or uh, the counter. Um, especially homeschooling, and I will put everything into a bin or a basket and I'll put that bin or basket into a closet, Mm -hmm. make a note to take care of it tomorrow, and I'll walk away. (laughs) And I'll feel zero guilt. But just having that cleared off surface for me um, helps me think of what the next thing to do. And then in terms of kids too, what I've started realizing as well, don't overthink it, but give them a job, right? So it's like they could you know, not do a a good job of it. You may not be able to really sit there and help teach them how to do it perfectly, but they need direction, like what Mm -hmm. you're saying. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you can see it's kind of manifesting in them as well, you can just say, okay, we're going to tidy up now. You go and straighten up the boots. You go pick up the blocks in the playroom. So-and-so, please um, put your socks away from the bedroom floor and then we'll have snack. Or something like that. Just giving a, a direction can help them. You will conversely get a few items done. And then I really think that that will give you a boost to move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. So yeah, like when we start to take control of those, like you're saying, like you come up with a plan and you just do something, there is an immediate sense of retaking control in our lives, a sense of mastery, like that we have mm-hmm. taken, you know, we're not just wallowing in it anymore. And in some ways that nagging sensation to clean, there's another study that really says that perhaps again, that's biological, that we know we'll feel better when we do it. And so mm-hmm. that, that kind of nagging is your brain is telling you like, you'll feel really good. You'll feel like you're taking control when you're anxious about these other things or things that are out of your control. Your brain's like, if you just clean, if you just clean your house, I don't, you'll, you'll feel a lot better. <laughs> so there's more to it, I think, than just like, there's actually like a biological element to it, which I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. The And cleaning your house is not the only circumstance where that happens, mm-hmm. like psychologically either, right? Mm-hmm. Like how many times do you have to force yourself to exercise? Mm-hmm. And the only reason why you're going to do it is because there's that voice saying yeah. you will feel better if you go do this now or um, like to get outside and go for a walk outdoors. Maybe you don't, especially here. We don't always feel like putting mm-hmm. on our snow pants and the winter boots and clogging outside But that little voice in your head that says, you will feel better, though, even 10 minutes, if you just go outside, you will feel better. And so um, it's it's no surprise that that would be the same little voice that's telling us to just go tidy up, just Mm -hmm. something small, just go do it, you will feel better. 
Absolutely. Now, my favorite study, um, I, I found this one so interesting because I have talked many times on social media about my romantic love of hand washing dishes. Mm-hmm. People think I'm crazy, but I do. I've talked about this so much. Um, I, gosh, I've been on my own for over 20 years now. And I think every single place I've lived has had a dishwasher. And only up until last year, I didn't use my dishwashers ever. In fact, one house we lived in for seven years, I never used it once. So I didn't even know if it worked. So I'm a really big believer in hand washing dishes. And I have such um, nostalgic memories of my parents, you know, hand washing and drying side by side and talking about their days and um, drying while my grandmother washed and talking with Jason. And this one study really looked into hand washing dishes and, and the effect that can have when you're being mindful on that chore, what it does in your brain. And what it proved is that the people who take the time to smell the dish soap and to feel the warm water actually, you know, on their hands and going into their skin, they reported a 27% reduction in nervousness and a 25% improvement in mental inspiration. And I know at first maybe like, Hmm. well, that's not a huge amount, but it's better than nothing, right? It's not nothing. (laughs) Just washing the dishes and being mindful of doing that and you're feeling better. And I mean, that is what I've seen in all the years of doing that. So while I do love my dishwasher now, I'm just saying that it's this idea of being mindful mindful of the chores as you're doing them. Right. <laughs> um, all I can think about is like throwing um, like a towel over your head over the sink <laughs> of dish soap sauce to smell in the it. dish soap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it is our only spa time. And they have all those like aromatherapy ones now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Killing many, many birds. Yeah. Right. Smelling it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's say you've ruled out anything medical, right? Any medical causes and you don't need professional help with this. You're just in a funk. You've fallen down the funk hole and (sighs) you know it will pass, but you're tired of feeling this way and you want to take a few steps, right? To finally dig Mm -hmm. out of this hole. So um, like we've been saying is the first thing to consider is why, right? So really think about it. Sometimes we can fix it. And sometimes we can't. Mm-hmm. Do you need a whole day? Like, so you can just clean and crank the tunes and get the kids out of there? Well, send off hubby with the kids. Or is it hormonal? And you know that you just need to get through this week and lay on the couch with a chocolate bar and then it'll pass. But yeah, try to figure out why. I think that is still, we really want to drive home the first thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between giving up and mm giving yourself a break, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. cutting yourself some slack, right? Is that whole knowledge that the whole self-awareness that I'm not giving up. I'm, I just need this right now. And I'm fully ready to jump back in when the time is right. Yes. Because I just realized like people ask when they notice that we're like that, like, what can I do to help, right? A good friend or your husband or somebody's paying Mm -hmm. attention and say, Hey, what can I do to help? Well, if you haven't actually explored maybe why it is, you have no answer for them either. And so, yeah, yeah, if somebody wants to help and is there willing to help, yeah, it's really important to try to identify what it is. Yeah, you know what, this actually reminds me of an Instagram post I just saw before we started recording today from the Instagram account, We Are The Homemakers. Mm. And she says, the the woman who runs the account says right at the beginning, the simpler the moment in front of me, the more anxious I become. Mm. And she goes on to say that it's because she feels like she should be doing something or be doing something more, right? And I have fallen prey to this. I think this whole episode we've been saying that like, this might be a, a general mood this time of year when we're feeling the can't even feels. 
um, that the anxiety might not actually come from letting things go directly, but from the side feeling of remembering that our worth is not tied into our productivity, Mm -hmm. right? So we're not utilitarian as people. Uh, And this really does tie into our discussion about leisure that way and how we need leisure. And so in some ways, you know, having to take the time, having to ask for help, this is not laziness that we're talking about here. This is being really in tune with who we are as humans and realizing that we can't be like machines that go, go, go all the time. There are going to be moments that we have to reevaluate and adjust and adapt to our circumstances and even what's going on inside of ourselves too. Yes. So even though we're going to have a few more tips here on like how to get up and get moving, it is if if you're not graceful with yourself, right? If you are not being loving with yourself, um, yet those things almost mean nothing. So you're right. We have to start from that place of just really being gentle with yourself. And again, knowing yourself and speak to yourself like you'd be speaking to a friend, right? If somebody were to come to you and tell you that you're feeling that, just use that same language. You might need to give them a little loving shove. Maybe that's what they need. Or you might say to them, no, like what you're saying, you've been through a lot. It's been a hard month or whatever, just Mm -hmm. rest. But that same language, we wouldn't shame our friend. We wouldn't want to embarrass them. We wouldn't use angry language with them. We would just um, be loving with them and compassionate. So yeah, even though we are going to have some tips here that are like ways to get up and get moving and get yourself going, you have to do it still from a place of love for yourself, Mm -hmm. self-compassion. Yeah. And on your own time and in your own way, these are some good starter ideas and you take them and uh, adapt them to you. Yes, because we always say so like in my head, my house is messy right now, but that isn't a commentary on your house. It is the level that I know that I could work at or I know what time I had and I know what I haven't done. This is really stepping back and evaluating your own situation. And I asked Instagram, I asked um, my friends on there this morning, um, what they clean if they can't clean anything else. (laughs) (laughs) And it was individual. There were, there were a lot of different answers. There was a lot of the kitchen (laughs) that became, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the clear answers, but it was one of those things where you can see like people had to stop and evaluate, okay, what is important for me in my house? And like you were saying with the laundry basket, it's that you need just a clear table at that moment. So right. This is about what works for you in your house and so that you feel restored. I loved that word that we used earlier Mm. on, that you feel rested and restored. And that's what, yeah, leisure is supposed to be, right? So you want to feel those things. You're ready to take a step while you're Mm. praying to be ready to have the motivation to grow motivated. (laughs) You're like at the very step. Yeah, to take that (laughs) step. You're at the very beginning. (laughs) Um, And I think the first thing is to stop putting it off, stop procrastinating. And there is actually like the procrastination of cycle of like a lack of motivation leads to procrastinating and procrastinating leads to a lack of motivation Mm. and so on and so on and so on. So you and I are both big fans of the, you know, five minute or 10 minute tidy, just set your timer Mm -hmm. and go like, just start. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it matters less what you start with Mm -hmm. and more that you just are right. So even if it's, um, I love how you often tie it to, you know, making your coffee Mm -hmm. or uh, waiting for something in the microwave. And while you're doing that, you're going to take on like this drawer or you're going to put the dishes into the dishwasher and you're going to see if you can beat the time, right? Yes. I think those are really manageable chunks 
of time where it doesn't seem overwhelming to us. And the really amazing thing is that even that tiny little bit that you've done in five minutes is going to let you then sit with that cup of coffee and Mm -hmm. think, okay, (laughs) I can do this. That's right. I read the words action fosters motivation and that we often get that backwards, that we think we need to be motivated to act. But the Mm. truth is when you just start acting, the motivation like that becomes um, enkindled, right? The sparks can kind of turn into the fire of of motivation. Um, I love that you mentioned um, that my favorite thing to do, like it is remarkable. So my kids eat Eggo waffles every morning because we are a healthy family. (laughs) And so... um, (laughs) We're all about health <laughs> and there's chocolate chips I put on top because, you know, <laughs> extra health. Um, um, and so, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, there is a lot. I, I can actually empty my entire full dishwasher in the time it takes to make two Eggo waffles. And mm-hmm. so and the other thing, like um, one of our friends and listeners, ba- she's at Banny Bungalow Brandy on Instagram. She's mm-hmm. a big fan of using the timestamp cleaning. Um, I've done it oh, on yes. Instagram as well. There are some of us, me, that get very motive- motivated by sharing on social media what we need to get done, our to-do list. And there are people that would never dream of doing that, um, mm-hmm. but using that as a tool. And so like that idea of a timer or a timestamp, whether you do it privately or whether you share it on social media really can help get you motivated. And then you realize that the things you thought were huge jobs are not huge jobs. You can get it done in five to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I really love that. I do this, a similar thing with eggs boiling. Mm-hmm. Like in the mornings when we have uh, boiled eggs, I'll put on the timer and I can like, it is pretty astonishing what you can get done in the kitchen. Usually I can clear the whole dishwasher and the dish rack from the night before. And that's set up for me to be able to then load the breakfast dishes afterwards. And the mornings that I can't get to that or I, we don't have eggs. And so I've lost that time. Yeah. Um, I really do notice. And I'm like, oh, kind of missed my egg clean. <laughs> The egg clean. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, you and I are fans sometimes of fake it till you make it, uh, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. And so just right back to like the acting motivated or just taking that first step, um, it can help. Now, one of the things I am a silly person, we'll go back to last week's episode about, you know, not taking yourself too seriously. I have zero issue if I were talking to myself being like, look at me all motivated. I'm brushing my teeth like a champ. Look at me. I'm going to shave my legs now. <laughs> Like I, we, we've often joked about the running narrative in our heads or that we're characters yes. in our own stories. <laughs> and so I honestly use that as I'm going. I'm like, ooh, can I fold this load of laundry quickly? See if I can. Like I, I'll say it out loud mm-hmm. and I giggle and you just kind of make it playful, like be playful with yourself as well and reward mm-hmm. yourself have a goal in mind. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to get motivated to clean your kitchen. If you know that you have a great movie picked out with your husband that evening. Um, I know. And in terms of rewards as well, like it works for children, but I, okay. Anybody who's done the whole 30 has heard the words, you are not a dog. Don't reward yourself with food. Well, (laughs) I like rewarding (laughs) myself with food. So I have no problem (laughs) setting aside that afternoon little fika coffee or tea break, right? With like a cookie Mm -hmm. or two. So yeah, goals, rewards, like make it playful, make it a challenge. um, Even if you're just by yourself and and go with it, lean into it. Yes. This reminds me of another Instagram account, uh, Simply On Purpose. And this Mm -hmm. is run by Ralphie Jacobs. And she talks about positive parenting. But one thing that uh, kind of corresponds with this is that how she 
how she instructs parents to try to word their instructions to children in a more of a yes way than a no way. Mm. So, for example, it's like, no, you can't have snack until things are cleaned up. Um, Instead, why don't you say, of course you can have snack just as soon as we get things tidied up. Mm -hmm. And do you notice even how the tone is more uplifting and it's more motivating? It's like, okay, um, as soon as I'm done this, then we can move on to that. And I think we can have that inner dialogue with ourselves even too. It's like, um, no, I shouldn't because I really should be cleaning or no, I can't relax because I haven't even done anything today. Instead, set that goal for yourself, like what you're saying, and tell yourself, when I finish this task, I get to sit down and have my coffee. And won't that be nice? We're so easily fooled even by ourselves, eh? Like, just go with it. It's <laughs> We think we're so smart, but we can totally trick ourselves and change our own moods. Um, kind of another example of this, and this is something that you and I get super excited about. Okay, so I read this tip on the distilledman.com. And, and he actually has a great list um, that maybe we should put in the show notes. But he got a tip from Tim Ferriss, who's a popular podcaster. And okay. You and I love I, the idea of like little experiments, right? Little mini challenges. Mm-hmm. And this guy, Tim Ferriss, suggested that you should look at your life like a series of two to three week experiments. And so cool. if you just think to yourself, you know what? Okay, um, this experiment, I'm going to see what it feels like to make our beds every day for the next two weeks, or I'm going to, you know, keep the bathroom counter clean every day for the next two weeks. It's a manageable chunk. Um, we think it's just a short amount of time. And then we, again, we trick ourselves because we are easily fooled um, into getting excited about it because suddenly it's an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's enough for me. Maybe it's not enough for our listeners, but I'm really pumped up because I still have a messy house right now. And I'm like, ooh, it's not a messy house. It's a two-week experiment. Oh, I love that. And I would totally get in on that, too. I can see how that would be really motivating. And isn't it wonderful how we are created this way? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) that our minds... Yeah, that they can be in- so encouraged and so motivated by even the the simplest twist of an idea and mm-hmm. a thought. I love that. <laughs> One thing that I really enjoy um, doing when I'm in this, what is it called? Funk hole? Yep. When you've fallen down <laughs> right. the funk hole. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> is to not ignore the power of a good putter, mm, right? Like yes. where you have uh, sometimes you set no goal except maybe a time like for for five minutes I'm just going to walk around the house maybe you put on some music or maybe you put on a podcast or something like Mm -hmm. that and as you walk around you pick up one thing and you put it back and then you kind of make a pile to go upstairs as you move through the living room right and then by the end of the five minutes even just puttering it, it is actually quite astounding what a day of puttering will really do. And it didn't take much by way of strong arming yourself into having to get into the zone. Yeah. You know, it yeah. kind of lets your mind off the brake while still actually going through the motions. Because it's not like a task or you're not giving yourself, I'm mm-hmm. going to clean the kitchen. Like it's not like that um I come from a long line of putterers and my mother is the, yeah. the queen of puttering and I have I, until these last two weeks when I couldn't do anything I would honestly say that my house is kept clean through puttering like that is yes. my cleaning technique and there is so much you can get done with that I absolutely love that and the other thing is is you and I while we might putter we've recommended this so many times but like while you're working 
do something else that you love, like make, attach it to something else you love. So listen to that podcast, like listen to Mm -hmm. music. Um, I iron with my laptop open and watching a show. So just while you're doing those little tasks, whether it's puttering or a big job, just combine it, pair it with something that you actually do enjoy. There are definitely ways to do that. Our mothers couldn't do that. They were chained to the kitchen wall with a phone, like a corded phone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but you and I talk on the phone, Michelle, right? While we're cleaning, we're both huffing and puffing around our houses. <laughs> we have plunged toilets. We have <laughs> sometimes at the same time yes, in our respective houses. One, there, was, there was one phone call, guys, where we both had to plunge our toilets. Um, and so that thankfully we have earbuds and there are ways to do this. So um, just being able to pair it with something you enjoy, it's just a way, another thing that you can do to kind of steer your mind in the right direction. <laughs> okay, so there's um, a funny meme with actor Kyle MacLachlan, and he's being chased by a bear. And written oh. on the bear, it says something like, uh, it says, something I've been putting off for weeks that wouldn't take longer than five minutes to complete. And on Kyle's shirt, it says me, right? It's chasing him. And this mm-hmm. is exactly what it feels like. Like there's a bear chasing us. And the vast majority of things that we have been putting off that we aren't motivated to do, they are short and easy tasks, but we panic. We Well, sometimes we panic. And when we panic, we kind of just lay down and pretend like we're dead. Um, and then we think maybe the bear will just leave us alone, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't leave us alone, Michelle. He's just sitting there waiting. So we kind of need to get up and face him. And I wasn't expecting to wrap this episode up by talking about facing a bear. <laughs> But you're supposed to get up and fight back. Okay. And then I had to pause for a second and research that that's actually what you have to do when you're fighting a bear, that you have to stand up and face him. And then I learned a really great rhyme that I'm never going to forget. And it says, if it's brown, lay down. If it's black, fight back. Okay. So now back to this bear analogy. (laughs) Pretend that it is a black bear. You need to rise up, stand tall and show him that you're not scared. And if he knows that you're willing to fight back, that you're willing to fight to the death, he will likely retreat. Now, I've heard the same can be said about that pile of laundry that you haven't put away, that if you show no fear to that laundry, it'll just go away and you can finish it. That even when you feel like you literally can't even, it turns out you actually can. time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? It's kind of hard for me this week because I'm not indulging in the same amount of pleasurable things, uh, you know, due to Lent. So I'm Mm. not actually done my book yet. And then we haven't really finished a series that we're watching yet. So I had to think about it and our stores are back open. And the first store I was excited to go to was a thrift store. And I'm still kind of new to thrifting, but I was really excited to go in and check on the sections. You've been with me. So you know the sections Mm -hmm. that it's hard to drag me away from. So it's like cookbooks Mm -hmm. and then books on religion, records, board games, um, and then some like vintage kitchen and serving pieces. So um, I got to do that. I dragged Jason with me. He wasn't as thrilled, but he is a patient and loving husband who held my uh, Easter bunny 
honey bowl. It's the cutest thing ever. And then a Christmas mixing bowl. And I just, I needed that. I really loved mm. that little bit of time out searching for treasures. Um, a lot of the pages I follow on social media are about vintage homemaking and they always share the finds that they seem to be able to find over the last couple months. So yeah, I was itching to get out thrifting. So I have to say that was what I loved this week. And I'm looking forward to going with you and maybe some girlfriends mm-hmm. as soon as we can go do that as well. Because I think Jason's done for the time being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't ask for much no. in terms of entertainment, do we? We just no. we just want to go to the thrift store. I just want to go bunny bowl. This little yeah. bunny bowl. It was $4.99. And I grinned for about seven. I FaceTimed my mom when I got home. I'm like, look at him. I'll put it on Instagram. It's the cutest thing ever. We aren't asking for much. No. And <laughs> it just really made my week. That's awesome. So what have you been loving this week? So I I can't believe I'm recommending this show only because I have such mixed emotions while I'm actually watching it. <laughs> but it is very funny, um, especially for fans of shows like Monty Python. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to recommend this week is Faulty Towers. Oh. Have you ever watched Faulty Towers? <laughs> I've watched clips of it, yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, it does star John Cleese, and that's probably why it will remind you of mm-hmm. Monty Python. But the plot of the seri- series is that it's set in a fictional hotel in England and it centers on the the owner, Basil, who is tense. He's rude. He's really put upon um, his bossy wife, Sybil, the sensible chambermaid, Polly, uh, who often is the peacemaker and the voice of reason. And then their kind of hapless um, waiter, Manuel, who uh, has a language barrier. So (laughs) there's mixed up communications all the time. So the show uh, depicts their attempts to run this hotel amidst, uh, from Wikipedia, it says, farcical situations and an array of demanding and eccentric guests and tradespeople, end quote. And so the reason for my interior conflict when I watch the show is actually a compliment because they do tense really, really well. Like I spend the whole, usually it's just 20 minutes long, the whole 20 minutes, I'm just cringing (laughs) the whole time because it's so well done. It's so well acted. There's a lot of very slapstick physical comedy, which we talked about last week is one of our favorites. But again, this show was made in the 1970s. Okay, so (laughs) go into it with that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some may find some of the episodes or topics outdated, especially according to today's standards. Mm -hmm. But um, I seem to recall that we watch it on BritBox and they've done a good job of (laughs) putting up warnings for you (laughs) before the more sensitive episodes. So you can use your judgment depending on what you're comfortable with. But if you're up for a laugh at the end of the night and you only have 20 minutes, you might want to look into Faulty Towers. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.